Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Communication Mixed Down. The show that takes a critical look at contemporary media. And explores the way we use communication to make sense of the world around us. From social media to citizen journalism. To the logo on the front of your favourite T-shirt. It's all part of the Communication Mixdown. Each week, Thursday, 6 to 6.30. Communication Mixdown. Cranking up. Right here on 3CR. I think we live in a kind of paradoxical time. The world is more and more and more and more complex. On the other hand, we're only going to ask you a question that you can answer in two seconds. So we leave ourselves less and less time for reflection because our communications media push us to quick responses. And quite frankly, the questions before our planet right now are not questions that should be answered or thought about in the time space of of texting. Hello. Um, That was a a small segment taken from a recently released feature documentary film called Stare Into the Lights, My Pretties. Uh, The unusual title comes from a reference to the all-time classic film The Wizard of Oz. My name's Zach Shapiro. Uh, welcome to Communication Mixdown. Uh, Stare Into the Lights, My Pretties is also a film about wizardry, the wizardry and power of new media and digital technology. Uh, since its release last year, the film's been screening at some prominent film festivals in Europe and around the world, as well as online, and it's been getting some pretty positive reception from both critics and viewers. Uh, the Stare Into the Lights, My Pretties hones in on our growing obsession with technology, screens and devices, and the effects these appear to be having on our lives and on, and on our brains. Uh, I was able to speak with the writer and director of the film, uh, Melbourne resident Jordan Brown, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we began our conversation, um, or uh, we began the conversation by me asking him what, what, what motivated him to make the film. So the idea of the film started back in 2009 uh, where I I didn't have the original goal to make a feature-length documentary. The idea, the impetus for the film was wanting to do a short film about Google and the impact that one company uh, was coming to have over the way many of us access information online. I wanted to look at issues like... uh, privacy and uh, in 2009 Google was doing a, a, a book digitization project where they were scanning a bunch oh, of Google, Google books yeah Google books and yeah. they were so they were out there scanning a bunch of books and keeping those digital copies for themselves at the same time when other sort of uh, more community minded interests like the Internet Archive were interested in doing a similar thing. Uh, but didn't have the resources to do that. So there was this sort of, I guess, critique going around at the time that, you know, what does it mean when one company like Google comes along and vacuums up, I guess, literature and culture and, and knowledge and, and things like this. But And then because it has this sort of monopolistic control over the way we access information online, 
just in part by its um, by its dominance. Uh, there was a question there. You know, what does it what does it mean when one company does this? So I wanted to use it, Google as a case study, really, just to talk about um, those issues. And so I went off to interview for for that sort of short project, and I met uh, Katina Michael, who's one of the one of the great central voices in the film. Uh, who we had a great interview, and <laughs> very quickly it dawned on me that. Uh, we had this conversation about Google, but it quickly expanded into other topics mm-hmm. and areas. You know, we, we quickly got into things like artificial intelligence and this culture's complete fascination with, you know, say, so-called machine learning and um, robotics and, uh, you know, people like Ray Kurzweil, mm-hmm. who is now the one of the yeah. senior technologists at Google, at Google pushing for this sort of transhumanist mm-hmm. uh He's, he's making some sort of synthetic neocortex or something, apparently. Right. Well, yeah, he's making. He has many sort of crazy mm. ideas. I, I think. So yeah, coming across people like this who had these really sort of radical ideas about, um, you know, doing away with biology completely and 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 mm. turning just not just society into technology, but yeah, the the notion of the of body and life itself into into you know giving your life up at the source to the machine mm. kind of thing. I guess is a way to sum it up. So I mean, there's some statistics to go through that that are explored in the film. Yeah, you know, we have 3.8 billion people online, which I think is a little bit over half the the pop- human population at the moment and you know you have 2.2 billion of those people on facebook so that's that's a tremendous Mm. power that's given to one corporation and i mean that's a whole conversation in and of itself i mean a year has passed since i finished the film and just what we see sort of i mean i think these issues have always languished with languished with with a company like facebook but now it's all sort of exploding just because there have been so many controversies and just i guess the manipulation is so uh i guess has reached this point where it's just so um obvious for anybody that's really paying attention what are some specific examples of the ways of the you know the darker side of using social media like facebook well one that we that many of us would probably know fairly intimately that you'll be going about your day and then you'll be bombarded with a certain types of advertising that uh, you might find fairly creepy. You know, there's mm. there's a lot of anecdotes that I've come across in ter- in in preparation for working on the film where people talk about, yeah, you know, they're having a conversation with someone and then, you know, a couple of hours later or the next day they're getting ads about the theme of mm. the conversation they were having with someone, something that wow. they've never talked about before in their life. I mean, one example I've seen also online was someone who didn't have a cat. Um, and wanted to test this idea out by having a, a you know, getting their friend together and talking about, oh, I've got to buy some cat food, even though they didn't have a cat and they'd never talked about cats with mm. this specific person. Oh, just as an experiment. Yeah, just so, an experiment. Yeah. And then now you get, you know, you get creepy ads for, for cat food for cat, or for wow. cat products or something like this. Facebook is listening to the conversation. I don't know right? if it's listening. It's maybe not necessarily the conversations, but it's all the other data points that sort of mm. surround your digital shadow if you if you know mm. what i mean you, so, you know we walk around many of us walk around with with mobile phones in our pockets yeah that are your essentially, lo- location is totally the location yeah. data it's it's constantly pinging the network mm. all of that sort of all those even just the location pings are something mm. that can be 
used and are often used, say, for example, in shopping centers mm. to work out the, the, the path that people walk through a specific physical space is mm. in order to put products in a certain spot to encourage mm. you know, impulse buying. And are we, are we all sort of naive to that in that we should be changing our privacy settings? Well, this is an interesting point because I think, as I tried to argue in the film, um, this is not really something that we can completely opt out of. It's, I mean, we can have a personal choice as much as it is still even a choice these days in modern society to not have a, a mobile phone. Mm. But what do we do about the prolific CCTV everywhere that's mm. doing facial recognition and also doing similar profiling for behavior and where people are at a certain mm. time and keeping that data for a, a certain time and... Um, I think the point to be made is all of this cross-domain data analytics. This, this is where the, these companies and where the, the techno society gets a lot of its power. It's this mm. consolidation of all of these fairly innocuous data points mm. by themselves. You know, mm. The fact that you were on the edge of a street corner at a certain time of the day in and of itself doesn't really mean much. Mm. But when you couple it with all of those other data sets which is what we see increasingly these days, mm. um, there's a real power that's, that's, that comes from uh, putting that all together and really being able to see uh, the, the ins, and out and, ins and outs and particulars of someone's life in a really mm. granular and um, intrusive detail. Say the example with CCTV, there's a scene in the middle of the film um, that kind of makes light of this, that... Uh, you know, CCTV has become so normalized now, for example, that we don't, many of us don't even notice it anymore. Yeah. So there's this guy called Surveillance Cameraman who makes a point, his, his method of protest is making the point of walking up to people and getting into their physical space and recording them in the same uh, way that yeah. a, a CCTV uh, camera would. Mm. And many people object to that when, mm. when it's, when it's part of their awareness, hey man, what are you? Why are you taking my video? What are you doing? Yes. Yep. This is really intrusive and invasive. Uh, invasive, go away. <laughs> and, but we don't mind if we don't. If, but we we if don't it's mind, out of mind if it's out of sight. Fa- yeah, out yeah. of sight, out of mind. And I think also this sort of normalization is the other thing that's, um, or the effect of creeping normalcy, which mm. is this this notion yeah, of yeah. slow incremental changes which happen over time. Mm. I mean, you can't just do this big objectionable thing, but if it's if it comes along in slow incremental mm. stages, I mean, I'm not necessarily talking about there's this grand conspiracy on the part of technologists or mm. corporations to do this. I think, as I also try to argue in the film, I think this is inherent to the the the. This, the sort of society that gives rise to these kinds of technologies mm. um, is that it's, it's one inch at a time. The analogy of the panopticon is a really effective way of sort of describing the power dynamics of, of the techno society. So mm. what a panopticon is, is it's a prison design uh, it's uh, mm. and you have, it's radial, it's in a circle. You have the guard tower in the center which is really brightly lit, and then you have all of the prison cells around the, the, the outside of the circle, so there's no interstices of the prison. There's no place to hide, literally. And one of the central functions of the guard tower being in the middle and being brightly lit is that from the perspective of the prisoners, you can't see the guard tower. You can't see into the guard tower. Right. You may not even know that there is a guard tower. All you can see is bright lights. Mm. So... 
what happens in this sort of situation is there is a chilling effect on behavior. It, it, it's it's that notion that if you can be watched at any given point in time, mm. then you're going to behave in a way as if, you know, assuming that you would be yeah, watched at any given point, yeah. even if you're not being watched. Yeah. And they're everywhere, aren't they? Like, at, you know, in your workspace, in, yeah. in, in shops and every, mm-hmm. pretty much everywhere. Yeah, bathrooms yeah. even, you know. It's really? Just, yeah, in the States particularly, mm. there's schools, there's... there's it, I mean, Britain, if we, that's a good example. <laughs> in England, you know, you, I think, what are the numbers off the top of my head? I think it's, there's one CCTV camera for every 14 people in, in England. It's who's just who's the watching most... them? Like, that means you need like millions of people sitting in front of screens <laughs> <Yeah>. watching them. <laughs> well, not, nece- not necessarily because a lot of it these days is automated. And I th- this is the point. I mean, there uh, are people sitting yeah. in a, you know, creepy dark room yeah. watching people, but a lot of this is, can be retrospective. And I think as these sorts of technologies become really pervasive, stuff like facial recognition software and gate recognition and profiling certain mm, behaviors to trip yeah. off an automatic ping, yeah. you have someone doing. Uh, behavior that's ascribed by the people that are controlled in these systems is suspicious and then that gets flagged for analysis later mm. so this is this whole thing it's like the panopticon thing where yeah. you have it's a chilling effect on behavior you could be watched at any given point in time even retrospectively yeah this is a communication mixdown. you're listening to a pre-recorded interview with jordan brown talking about his recently released feature documentary stare into the lights my pretties a film all about the power and impact of new media and digital technology. FreeCR is a community radio licence holder. What you hear on community radio is governed by the Community Radio Codes of Practice. The Codes of Practice cover matters relating to program content, including local content, news, current affairs, Australian music, programs for children and the responsibilities associated with broadcasting by and for the community. They also cover aspects such as community access and participation in the operation of this station. Copies of the code are available from the 3CR website. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash who we are. So in the film, um, you interview Susan Greenfield, and who's a neuroscientist, mm-hmm. um, and she... She talks about uh, sort of neuroplasticity or the effects of, of this, this kind of screen culture on the brain and how it's sort of mm-hmm. changing the way we engage with information and, um, and, and how it's changing our attention. Click on something and then easily become distracted by something else and then mm. kind of often end up looking at something or yeah. that that's yeah, I mean, like, not what we not what we really planned how many of us have done that right it's yeah like, and i did this myself even in the production of the film you jump on wikipedia for example to look yeah. up something and, and it's you, kind of good and bad isn't it like because mm. there's just this plethora of ideas and you're going yeah that, that's that seems interesting i'm gonna go there mm. um but and it, then you end up on the you sort of go down this rabbit hole where yeah, well, I mean, what I was going to say is that, yeah, you, I jump on Wikipedia to look up something and you, you end up clicking and you go on this sort of strange click trail. Yep. And then, you know, before you know it, two hours have passed and you're like, how did I go from, I don't know, looking up the origins of television to, I don't know, I want to say something totally ridiculous, like how yeah. sausages would get made or something. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. just like, I think, yeah. but I think this in one way sort of uh, sums up one of the really powerful elements of the screen culture. There's, there mm. is this by the way the technology is designed by and and 
and flows on from that sort of hyperlinks. Everything mm. is a link. It's not the yeah. same as reading a book. You have this uh, constant. Yeah. You have you have this sort of uh, stimulation that, that you don't get from other forms yeah. of media. And you're sort of driving it, aren't you? Like it's it, you're it, driving it, but also the algorithms on the other side mm. of the screen are driving it. Mm. I mean, maybe not on Wikipedia because it's it's that's more sort of you clicking. But mm. say in a in a in a in a corporatized space like Facebook, there are very powerful algorithms behind your click trails. Mm. Um, tapping into a lot of psychological drivers to get you to click on something. I mean, people talk about clickbait, for example, in, yeah. in, in news media, which is annoying. But, I mean, one of the ways that is annoying is because it's playing to certain psychological characteristics to get you to click on it. Mm. So I think that's one of the one of the concerns with such a pervasive screen culture. Mm. It's like who's in charge of our online screen time? If we're spending up to 11 hours a day in front of a screen yeah. and we have all of these algorithms behind the scenes mm. it, to varying degrees influencing our behavior and our experiences, our mm. information experiences, um, yeah, what, what does that mean for, I mean, on a personal level for how it changes our, our brain? I mean, mm. the, the concept of neuroplasticity is that if you're doing something, the brain adapts. Yep. And it's like a muscle. It's analogous to a muscle. Yeah. If you're doing physical exercise, if you're doing weights or something, your muscles in your arms get mm. really strong. So if, and we're we practicing, to... if we're practicing using a computer, <clears throat> we get really good at using a computer, but it mm. also changes the physical makeup of how our minds work to be more like a computer yeah. than it yeah, would otherwise yeah. be without that exposure. Mm. And it, on the same hand too, if, if you're not practicing something like deep thinking or having mm. a long attention span or uh, thinking about abstract concepts or logical narrative, all of those things that Susan Greenfield talks about, mm. then you lose those abilities just in the same as if you don't exercise, then mm. you, know, you lose those abilities. So it's a concern. I think yeah. it's, it's, it's a concern. What sort of... I mean, on the personal level, how does it change us as people? But then, again, going back to the interplay between technology and society, mm. if we're all if we're spending the majority of our waking hours on these screens, what sort of society and culture does that mm. uh, imbue and perpetuate? I yep. think is is yeah. a really important question. Are we just I don't know? Are we getting old? You know what I mean? Like like you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I. I, I don't know. I think I read something about when you know when the when the printing press was invented and, and mm. people started reading books. This, they were saying ex exactly the same thing. People were spending all this time mm. reading books and not getting out and I don't know going to the places where people went to meet other people and and to interact. And I mean, mm. clearly this is you know this is kind of exponential, isn't it? By comparison, like mm. like when you you know compared to your humble book now you know we, we've just um we've got screens all around us yeah, is, is it not just uh what, what am i trying to say like just a matter of degree it's not it's not that something's really changed because yeah. i've had that, that that critique before and susan greenfield again addresses mm. this in the film to a sort of probably a more articulated extent is that i think i mean yeah she sort of says that oh one of the critiques she gets of her work is that People say, oh, you know, you're a Luddite, you're just backwards, yeah, you're getting old mm. or whatever, you know, and uh, you, you're not embracing this change and change is inevitable and, um, you know, yeah, sure, the printing press came along and it, it changed people, it changed how they, how mm. they thought and, you know, it, it, 
you hear people arguing that had a reduction on memory. Say, for example, yeah. people that were doing Shakespeare plays would, would be able to remember huge swathes of dialogue, but then when the printed word comes along, you're sort of outsourcing your memory to the book. Mm. And, <laughs> I mean, there is an impact, and we can sort of argue if that's a good or a bad thing, where, you know, the impact of the written word. I think there's, there's a balance to be made there. But I think the point with looking at how technology influences society is that there is an impact. So say for, for that externalization of memory, you know, if we bring that up to the current day, we do that with Google, you know. We, it's, mm. There's so many things we don't even remember anymore because we can just look it up on Google. There's a psychologist in the film, um, Betsy Sparrow, that did an experiment on this. Is it, It's... What happens to people's memories mm. when they're not internalizing information, when they're not internalizing knowledge mm. or linking information together to, to, to form knowledge, that internalized knowledge, mm. we're externalizing that to a machine, we're outsourcing yeah. that to a machine. It's almost like a kind of, kind of cyborg thing, isn't it? Like augmenting our nervous system. Yeah, so um, it's, I think it's, it's very much this, this notion of, um, yeah, what are the impacts? So to bring it back to things like the book like, and maybe television and telephones, where all of these similar arguments w were made mm. in the past of like people freaking out about the impact of technology, mm. I think some of them are still, still carry on. I mean, people's concern about what social influences television had or how the tele telephone closed distance back in the day are still really valid issues in, mm. in, in, the, in the pervasive screen culture of today. I mean, the, w one of the differences between television in, back in the era is that you only had one television set in your house. It, you, we're not sitting alone in our bedrooms in front of a screen mm. alone together, mm. in the words of Sherry Turkle, you know? Yep. Back in the day, we sort of had this family moment. Which, yeah, I mean, we yep, can talk about yep. the ways that television, even at that time, would... Yeah. would pull away from family moments and yeah, you know we all yeah. sit around and have dinner and don't talk to each other and watch the tv yeah. but at least we were doing it as a group now I we've mean, got today, like private yeah today we're accounts. not even doing that yeah, yeah we're just sitting in yeah. our rooms further atomized and yeah. and yeah, again alone together so we're all watching different netflix aren't we we can't even yeah, have yeah. conversations about it it's like, yeah exactly because <laughs> your netflix is totally different mm. to my netflix if you had to maybe sum up you know where where do you think things are going are you are you are you optimistic or are you a bit mm. pessimistic about it all I guess in a short way, I think things definitely can improve. But, I mean, the choice is up to us, right? I mean, it's a, it starts with this desire to want things to change. And I think that's one of the questions in the film. It's like, okay, mm. if we see this sort of emergent techno-dystopia happening right in front of our eyes, and if, that's, if we don't see that as desirable and we don't want to have that kind of future mm. or even present... Uh, what are we going to do about that? What do we do with this information, you know, and how do we act on this? And so I think, yeah, I mean, there's one of the ways that I am hopeful is that um, once people uh, have this awareness or even just begin the questioning, then it can really be a journey to open mm. up some of the really, you know, important life questions for people. Mm. You know, what sort of life do we want to have and what sort of world do we want to leave behind for those that come after? Are machines more important than the real world? Well, yeah, yeah, totally. That's mm. that's uh, that's the whole sums up the whole film right mm. there. You know, I mean, what are we giving our life to? Again, if 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 the majority of our time is spent in front of these screens, like, 
yeah, a, a huge amount of our life force mm. is surrendered to this this machine, this mega yeah. machine. So, do we want to do that? And is that a good thing? And um, I think if we really are serious about looking at the impacts, not just on a personal level and a societal level, but the physical world, the the environmental mm. impacts, um, yeah, we can see that this social arrangement, this this techno society, is not sustainable. It's inherently unsustainable and mm-hmm. it has a has an end it has a finite point and so i think as we sort of you know if we can talk about things like climate change and ecological collapse and you know if we're going to just sit in front of our screens and be distracted by watching netflix mm-hmm. what's going to happen when you know the power goes out and you know we need to eat mm-hmm. so <laughs> i think people are really gonna mm-hmm. there'll be a point if even if we stay in denial you know there'll be a point where these questions will be uh asked and answered for us if right. we, even if we don't do it we live in a techno-dazzled world and there's considerable resistance to the very idea of challenging technology is that google is that google, is that google? they are trying to turn everybody into what looks a lot like an addict not only addictive but obsessive compulsive addictive That was another slice of the soundtrack from Stare Into the Lights, My Pretties, a recently released feature documentary all about the effects of technology, screens, and digital culture on our lives. Uh, Before that, in a pre-recorded interview, I was talking with Jordan Brown, the film's writer and director. Uh, The film features interviews and archival footage from numerous uh, renowned authors, academics, thinkers in the fields of technology, psychology, neuroscience, uh, including Sherry Turkle, Douglas Rushkoff, and Susan Greenfield, to name a few. The film can be viewed online free of charge uh, at um, the, uh, the URL is https uh, colon forward slash forward slash stare into the lights, my pretties, all lowercase. Um, so <laughs> just to repeat that, it's a bit of a mouthful, uh, https uh, colon forward slash forward slash stare into the lights my pretties dot j o r e dot c c. Uh, hopefully you can uh, you can find it there online. Uh, also for those who might be interested, Jordan runs some film screenings um, at Melbourne's Loop Bar in the CBD on Friday nights. And if you're interested to find out more, you can find out more about those through meetup dot com. Uh, if you search for Melbourne Documentary Film Nights. That's all from Communication Mixdown for this week. We're here next Thursday at the same time. Buy it, use it, break it, fix it, trash it, change it, mail, upgrade it, charge it, point it, zoom it, press it, snap it, work it, quick, erase it, write it, cut it, paste it, save it, load it, check it, quick, rewrite it, plug it, play it, burn it, rip it, drag it, drop it, zip, unzip it, lock it, fill it, call it, find it, view it, code it, jump and lock it, surf it, scroll it, pose it, click it, cross it, crack it, twitch, update it, name it, read it, tune it, print it, scan it, send it, fax, rename it, touch it, bring it, pay it, watch it, turn it, leave it, stop, format it. Technologic, 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 technologic. Buy it, use it, break it, fix it, trash it, change it, mail, upgrade it, charge it, pawn it, zoom it, press it, snap it, work it, quick, erase it, write it, cut it, paste it, save it, load it, check it, quickly write it, plug it, play it, burn it, rip 
it, crash it, turn it, melt, upgrade it, chart it, point it, zoom it, press it, snap it, work it, quick, erase it, write it, get it, paste it, save it, load it, check it, quick, rewrite it, bug it, play it, burn it, flip it, drag it, drop it, zip it, zip it, touch it, bring it, pay it, watch it, turn it, leave it, stuck on that. It, pose it, click it, cross it, crack it, switch, update it, name it, read it, shoot it, print it, scan it, send it, fax, rename it, touch it, bring it, pay it, watch it, turn it, leave it, stop, format it, buy it, use it, break it, fix it, crash it, change it, mail, upgrade it, charge it, point, zoom it, press it, snap it, work it, quick, erase it, write it, cut it, paste it, save it, load it, check it, quickly write it, plug it, play it, burn it, flip it, crack it, drop it, zip and dip it, surf it, scroll it, pose it, click it, cross it, crack it, switch, update it, name it, Take no logic. Take no logic.